This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. And we are talking about healthcare once again. Uh, Vaughn is with us. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. And is there any other story out there? I think that some days, although there is crime in the streets as well. Yeah, two big ones, though. I mean, with the health care, yeah. it just seems so immediate. And and so many issues that I felt like probably the pandemic uh, pushed to the side and now are coming back, like roaring back, really, like this issue of, you know, family doctors and whether we are, people are, are getting to two-tiered health care system. Yeah, uh, roaring back is a good way to put it because these stories have been going on out there and developing. It's just that the pandemic, I mean, it wasn't fair to say it was a distraction. It was just so dominant in everyone's life. Uh, When will I get vaccinated? Do I wear a mask? What about the schools? How long do I have to wait and all that? But this just, all this problem just kept ticking along. And now that the pandemic has faded as a dominant issue, although... It has not left. (laughs) It's still out there. The numbers are still pretty disturbing. Um, But yeah, we're now getting healthcare, healthcare, healthcare as as a huge issue. Um, Family docs is a good example. Um, I I struck yesterday by the Greens. So, Sonia, first to know the Greens has, to some degree, semi taken on the job that Adrian Dix used to fill when he was in opposition. She's railing against any encroachments of the private sector into public health care. And she has her suspicions, which I think are well-grounded, that the New Democrats are maybe turning a bit of a blind eye to what's going on because it may be taking some of the pressure off the system. So first to know's issue is Life Plus, which is a health care yeah. access program run by TELUS Health. And TELUS denies this is two-tier health care. They deny this is Q-jumping. They say that they are not offering access to medically, to basic Medicare services. They're they're offering access to other services which are not central to Medicare. So that's TELUS's story. But the Greens, hmm, uh, they're not so sure. And they're suspicious for a good reason, Simi. I would say so too. And I've wondered about this myself, Vaughn, because I've gotten emails from people since we started talking about this over the last few months telling me what a, a service like TELUS Health does for them. And I thought, boy, that, that's really skirting the line, though, of what we should and shouldn't be paying for in this province. Yes. And there is an investigative report of this ordered by Adrian Dix, maybe under a bit of pressure from the Greens, but ordered way back in February. The Medical Services Commission is empowered to investigate. They were asked to investigate the allegations of two-tier health care and Q-jumping. They delivered the report to Adrian Dix on June the 30th. So he's had this report for six weeks, and he's not released it. And First to Know was out yesterday saying, come on, release the report. Let the public know what the Medicare Services Commission found. Tell people what they found. You can deal with what you're going to do about it at the same time. But sitting on that report, 
I think uh, First and O is right. It raises suspicions about this allegation that, hmm, there's so much pressure on the system, the New Democrats aren't in any rush to change the way uh, TELUS Health operates. Right, which makes me wonder again, and I know I've said this to you before, Vaughn, but I feel like there is something coming. Like they must be, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part, that they're working on something behind the scenes that will change things. Yeah, I mean, standard government operating procedure is, yes, you order an independent review of something, but you make sure the report comes to you. You get to digest the findings, maybe push back a little on them, maybe ask for a follow-up investigation, and you also get to craft the media spin for what you're going to do about it. So that's, again, First and O is rightly suspicious about the six-week delay. Put the report out, let people know what it found, and then tell us what you're going to do about it. But that's not the way of government. The way of government is to try to head the whole thing off by coming out and saying, oh, you know, we're dealing with it. Yeah, we knew, we knew about this problem. And we're going to fix it. And, and again, I'm not saying the commission found anything wrong. But I have to think, Simi, if the commission came back and said no story here, we would have been given that report on June the 30th. Yeah, exactly. What are they waiting for? Okay, also, this issue of pharmacists and prescriptions seems to be gaining some traction, too. We've been talking to some people about that, uh, and I wonder, like, why no response on this one? You know, uh, the, one of the things I've said and everyone following the healthcare problem has, crisis has said is, look, it's been building for years. It's complicated. The solutions will take time. But there's a solution out there that would take some pressure off doctors, and some pe- pressure off patients uh, that is available right now, and it's being done elsewhere. And that is having pharmacists be entitled to renew prescriptions on a more open-ended basis. So right now, prescriptions ha- come with a one-year renewal, and after that, you have to go back to your doctor and get it renewed. And of course, with the shortage of family doctors and the lack of access, you're getting story after story about people who can't get critical prescriptions renewed. You remember the Victoria couple that put the ad in the newspaper. So, you know, the pharmacists are out there saying, hey, we could do this. And this is not a radical solution, Simi. BC is the only province in Canada that doesn't allow this. Every other province has broadened the rules allowing pharmacists to renew and monitor and, you know, screen prescriptions. Um, BC hasn't done it. And you go, hmm, why not? This would, it looks to me, be something that with the proper controls, you may have to do what some other provinces have done in terms of controls and qualifications. It's something that could be done fairly quickly, and it would take some pressure off uh, patients and Uh, recipients and family doctors as well. But as you say, this is done in other provinces, isn't it? Well, you know, the interesting thing is is it was done here in British Columbia way back in 2009. Pharmacists used not to be able to administer vaccines. Uh, they, They weren't allowed to do it. Back in 2009, the B.C. government said, yeah, from now on, they can. And, and you know, right, you, you're going getting a, your shingle shot or anything, flu, uh, uh, obviously the booster shots for COVID-19, all done by pharmacists. Uh, pharmacists point out that especially their recent graduates, their, their last few years, 
all doctors are pharmaceuticals. They all are at least as up-to-date as family doctors. Uh, they are qualified. They're also, uh, they also have longer operating hours. A lot of these pharmacies are open on weekends. Uh, there are a number of pharmacists there, so there's always somebody there. Uh, I know in Alberta they've started, I think, a walk-in clinic by pharmacists allowing this. So, uh, you know, they're well qualified. There is precedent for doing it. And as you say, Simi, in other provinces, they're already doing this. Why is British Columbia dragging its feet when we have one of the biggest healthcare crises in the country. Yeah, and I also wonder why is, I know it's summer and all of that, but there's just bad headline after bad headline on this one, Vaughn, like just in general. Why is the government allowing that to continue? Well, a couple of things. One is that they are in the middle of negotiations with doctors of BC to uh, have a new fee schedule and a new approach for dealing with doctors. So they are dealing with... uh, an aspect of this complication, so it may be held up by that. Uh, there may be, I don't know this, foot dragging by the College of Physicians and Surgeons, the regulator, uh, as an obstacle to doing this. Um, <laughs> the government may be working on this and just not telling us, because again, that's been characteristic of the government. And, Simi, we're in transition between premiers, right? I mean, the premier, the current premier is off. The premier to come is out campaigning, and I suppose it may be that this issue just hasn't gotten onto the agenda of cabinet, and cabinet hasn't dealt with it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things going on here, but you're right. This is a serious crisis. It lends itself to a relatively easy solution, and it is difficult to see why they haven't dealt with it. And it festers, right? This is the kind of stuff that festers and ferments, and then before you know it, you have a much bigger crisis than if you had just dealt with it. I agree. And when these stories are coming at us in the news media every day, right, and you're hearing horror stories every day, and yes, there are aspects of this that are going to be hard to solve and are going to take years, but that's all the more reason to deal with something that lends itself to a relatively prompt and relatively easy solution. Relatively, exactly. All right, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.